seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Oh God, as we consider these encouraging words, we pray as always for insight and understanding into the relationships you're calling us into with you, with ourselves, and with each other. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Since the very beginning, uh, God has invited us into, excuse me, as I disappeared for a minute, <laughs> into rest with him. And uh, we come today, the Sabbath, to rest. And on this day, when we remember the God who rested in the grave, uh, we consider what this rest means for us. Uh, we think back to that original story in Genesis chapter 2, that uh, God created the world. He spent six days making the world, and on the sixth day, he makes the first humans, designs them, creates them, breathes life into them, and then immediately invites them uh, to rest. That was their, their first work, was to rest, to rest in his work. And so, on this uh, holy Sabbath, as we are reflecting again on God in the grave, God, the God who rested, uh, we think about the implications of the God who rests in the grave for us today. Uh, it is finished. It was the completion of the work of creation, and then God initiated the, the Sabbath rest. Uh, we're told that there was another work that God did in which he rested and invites us into. Uh, we're told that in Scripture, knowing that everything had, that had been, had been fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. So he's on the cross, and he's breathing his last breath, and, he, and someone went to get a jar of wine vinegar, and they soaked it in a sponge, and they put it on the stalk of a hyssop plant and lifted it up to his lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus again said, it is finished. The work is done. Uh, he knew that his work had been done, and now he could rest in the, the peace and the grace and the mercy of his Father in heaven. And this is the same rest that God invited us into on that first Sabbath. It is finished. The work is done. Embracing this rest, though, is difficult for us because we're all wired in this broken world with a sense that we have to validate ourselves, that we have to prove our worth in this world. And so the idea that we can rest not in our own work, but in the work of someone else can be really challenging for us. And yet that's the invitation, uh, not only of this Sabbath day together, but of this holy week in which we are reflective on the God who has worked on our behalf. Last night we joined together to, to sing and to listen and reflect on uh, Jesus' death, his, his work on our behalf. Today, we come together on this holy Sabbath as we contemplate the God in the grave again to reflect on uh, rest and God's work on our behalf. Tomorrow, we're going to get together for some of us at 7 a.m. in Central Park at Bethesda Fountain. For others, or all of us, at noon at the number Banshaw in Central Park to celebrate what happens <laughs> because of Jesus' rest. And during this time, we can reflect on what the rest means for us. Uh, if you've spent the last week or the last month or the last few years trying to validate yourself in this world, 
Uh, if you feel like you can never live up to the person that you want to be or that people are expecting you to be, uh, there's good news on this holy Sabbath. Uh, Jesus rested, putting his trust in the great God of the universe, the great creator God, and Jesus invites us into that same rest. Because he rested, because he worked, we can receive rest ourselves. The Sabbath rest was designed for us so that we would not have to rely on our own work. Resting is what God is calling us to do. It's our primary work to rest in him. Our trust resides in the great God of the universe. The Apostle Paul, he said it like this, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works just as God rested from his work. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their own example of disobedience. God is like, listen, you're all running after things. You're all trying to validate yourself, but I'm inviting you into this rest and I want you to take this rest for yourself. You don't have to validate yourself. You are inherently of worth. You are inherently valuable. Imagine if that idea was embraced by everyone in this world. If everyone knew that they were inherently valuable, embraced that idea, and the person next to them was also inherently valuable. The world needs to embrace God's rest. And so today, in just a few moments, we're going to take part in that ancient practice of the Lord's Supper, which is designed to remind us about this rest. As we take the broken body of Jesus and we take the shed blood of Jesus into ourselves, we are acknowledging that it is not our work which validates us. It's not our work that makes us of worth. God created us in the beginning. He loves us. God loves the world. He loves you. You are inherently of worth. And we can rest now knowing it's his work, not ours, that we have our hope in. And so let's embrace that rest. Paul actually uses a little wordplay. He says, let us make every effort to enter that rest. <laughs> the work that we have to do, the effort that we have to do is to embrace and to believe and to come in to the rest that God is inviting us into. And so today, as we continue to celebrate God's work on our behalf, May we experience the rest he's calling us into, and may you embrace the reality that you're inherently loved and you're inherently called into the work that God has done for you. Let's experience Sabbath rest today. Amen.